0: Good to be back. I was out Wednesday. Still have a little bit of a cold, not contagious that I know of, but uh, had a little bit of the crud and appreciate Brother Aaron filling in. And uh, look forward to being back with you tonight. We're not going to be here tonight at 2 o'clock. Don't forget that. Fifth Sunday is today. Uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon will be our evening service. We'll have a lot more singing than normal. Maybe get to hear our guys again and a lot of special music. But service at 2 o'clock today. So uh, at 5 o'clock, we will not be here. So I want to encourage you, go grab a bite, come back, and look forward to having a good service at 2 o'clock today. Proverbs 4, if you're there, let's stand together. We're going to begin in verse 20 this morning, and read all the way to the end of the chapter, Proverbs chapter 4. Look down to verse number 20. The Bible says, My son, attend, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now verse 23 is one very familiar to us. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and a perver- and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Boy, there's a lot there. Let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to help us with it. Father, thank you so much for the story that was just sung about, and Father, thank you. We can sing about it all year long, not just Christmas. Father, I pray that we'd carry the message of Christ throughout this year, Lord, like never before, and share the story with as many as possible before you come again. Father, thank you for your word this morning, and I pray you'd bless it as we preach what you've sent. Holy Spirit, we pray you'd move, Lord, in our hearts and lives and families. I pray you do a great work today. Bless the invitation. Help us finish this year doing your will, whatever that may be, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I read something this week that was kind of startling and yet, on the other hand, also very understandable because we are human, and I think this probably relates and goes to the heart of our humanity just as much as anything. I read that 72% of people that receive a Christmas gift will re-gift at least one of those gifts in the coming year, all right? So 72% of us will take a gift that we were given by someone else And we will re-gift it to someone else during the holiday season. Now, I just love the fact that so many of you are smiling. Welcome to the 72. All right, I'm right there with you. Okay, now it doesn't mean you're a bad person at all. uh, But at least 89% of Americans say they have re-gifted a gift. I thought about getting people to raise their hands this morning, but you know, we don't have confessional here, we don't need to do that, and so just keep that between you and, uh, uh, and those who know of that about you. Now, the most common re-gift, the re-giftable gift are beauty products, I can tell some of our men re-gift a lot of those because they don't use them, uh, bath sets, uh, I'm sure that's a teenager thing, they probably re-gift those because they hate baths, uh, clothes, clothes, uh, and books, those are the most re gifted gifts after Christmas. Now, here's where it gets kind of sad. The reason we re gift is startling, okay? The reason that we re gift things, number one, is because it's cheaper, right? Uh, I mean, if you re gift something you did not want, it saves you from buying something else, so you save money. And in this economy, there's nothing wrong with that. Number two was convenience. Maybe you dilly-dallied around and you're going to the office party or Christmas at grandma's house and you forgot to buy a gift and so what do you do? You go look at the things you haven't opened yet and you try to figure why that would be a good gift for them, right? Convenience. But wait a minute, there's 10% of the people polled said this, the reason they re-gift is because they don't like the people enough and it's better than nothing, don't raise your hand, okay? I'm going to assume that you're laughing and smiling is because of your guilt. You're like, yes, they needed that in their life, all right? Now, here's some, some tips I want to give you on re-gifting. Yes, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Uh, number one, avoid re-gifting in the same circles, All right? If you got it from family, don't give it to family. That just doesn't go over well, especially if you don't rewrap it, okay? You get something at the office party, don't give it back in the same office party. And then, number two, this is really good, if you're going to re-gift things, okay? If you're going to re-gift a gift from Christmas, elevate it, okay? Elevate it. Meaning, look, if you got it and it came wrapped in paper, uh, put it in a nice gift bag with some paper, add a nice tag to it, give it some pizzazz, and that is something and some way that you can re-gift things, right? Because look, sometimes you don't need everything you get, right? Sometimes you may not need that extra whatever it was. Sometimes you can only have so many George Foreman grills. Uh, I think at our wedding we got four or five of those things and uh, I like using them, my wife hates cleaning them. So I I remember giving some of those away. Why? Well, I just didn't need it. It was a gift that I was given that I didn't need and I was able to pass that along to someone else. But this morning, uh, let's get around to the message. I want you to think about something that is a gift that you always need. And it is a gift that every time you open it, you're going to find something in there that is a blessing and an encouragement and maybe even an admonishment to you in life. And that is the gift of God's Word. Amen? Every time we open this gift of God's Word, we find something in there that we need. Now, let's be honest. There's times I open up this gift and I want to re-gift what I read. Amen? Right? I'll read something that hurts my feelings and I just want to pass it along to someone else. I like reading about grace, and I like reading about blessing, and I like reading about peace and direction from God. And man, when we start reading about things that bring conviction, I just want to pass that on to the next person. But I'm thankful this morning, every time I open this gift of God's word, I find something that I need. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says that God's given us all things that pertain unto what? Life. Aren't you thankful that we can go into God's Word and find everything, it says all things that pertain to life and godliness, that God has wrapped up for you and I a gift that every time we open it, we can find out a little bit more about how God would have us to live our life. Aren't you glad for that? Look, I'm not too good at figuring things out. The older I get, one of the things that scares me, and I'm I'm not joking, all right, and I'm being honest with you, the older I get, the more I realize I miss things. And I understand now why you have people around you that remind you of things. Because I need that. Thank the Lord for Miss Pam and my wife and Brother H. A. and these men. They remind me from time to time. There's things that I forget. And oh, listen how in trouble we would be in this life if we did not have God's word to give us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I want you to think about that for a moment this morning. As we look in Proverbs chapter 4. We're reading a father giving instruction to a son. If you notice verse 20, my son, attend to my words. How our father wants that for us. Watch what he says. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Verse 22, for they are thy life. Look on down again, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of what? Life. Notice that word is being used repetitively as a father gives instruction to his son. He wants him to know that the outcome of his word and what he does with that word is going to affect his life. Now, folks, I want you to understand nothing's changed from our father's word either, that what he gives us and the instruction of the great gift of God, that he's given us all things that pertain unto life. Our father wants us to know how to live a life that is pleasing to him. It's amazing as this father gives advice, and we'll get into the message, all right? Points are short, introductions long, all right? You ought to know that by now. His father's not giving him instructions on the things he needs to have. Notice that. Son, I want you to get bigger and better, a nice house, a nice car, nothing wrong with that at all. But notice that's not the priority. What well, the priority is the life that he is living. That's what the father's concerned about. The father's concerned about the life that his son is going to live. And he says, you've got to attend unto my words. You've got to hide them within your heart. As a matter of fact, you look down to verse 21. He says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Now, why is the father telling him all of this? Well, it's the same reason our father has told us all of this. He's concerned about our life. He's concerned about how we live our life. Now, today is December 31st. We're all looking forward to tomorrow, right? Monday, right? How often do you look forward to a Monday? Well, maybe because it's the beginning of a new year. And we're thinking about what we're going to do in the new year. I don't really have resolutions. I try to make decisions and stick with those as best I can. I have some things I'm going to try to do differently in the new year and do better in the new year. I'm going to try to make sure my life is lived better for the cause of Christ in the new year. That's my desire going into the new year. But can I tell you so often? When we look toward a new year, what we look forward to is things we're going to do. Maybe you have a big vacation planned in 2024. Uh, maybe it's a big anniversary for you, a 25th or a 50th, and you're gonna go on that trip to Paris finally, or maybe not Paris, scale back a little bit. I know the economy's tough. Maybe you're gonna go down to Gulfport, all right? And just go down there and enjoy the Gulf and see the lighthouse. Hey, if you pretend and squint your eyes enough, that lighthouse can look like the Eiffel Tower, you know? Just kind of that's how cheap people think, okay? And you got all these plans you're gonna do. Maybe you're gonna go places, do things, maybe you're gonna save up finally and buy the boat you've been wanting. Uh, if your wife will let you, or maybe you're going to buy that new shotgun, or ladies, I don't know what you save up for. A new KitchenAid mixer, I know those are expensive, you've got to save up for those. But here's my thing I want, you to get, I want you to get today as we get into the message. Have you really thought about the life you're going to live in 2024? Have you thought about that? You, you know what you're going to do, and where you're going to go, and what you're going to buy, and things you want to experience. Have you given much thought to what verse 20 through verse 27 is talking about, and that is the life that we're going to live? You know, Luke chapter 12, the Bible says that a man's life consisteth not of the possessions he has. You know, what you're going to buy and where you're going to go and what you're going to do, that's not what your life is all about. All right? What our life is all about is how we pleased the Lord and honored him by listening and obeying his word. That's what the Father's telling the Son here in Proverbs chapter number 4. So this morning, I I want to give you something looking into the new year that I I believe you ought to take to heart. And I believe God would have us to take to heart. And it's really not a resolution. But it's a decision this morning on how you're going to live that life if God gives you one in 2024. I pray God does give us a 2024. But the question is, if he does give you life, how are you going to live it? And I believe when you look down to verse 23, all the way down through about verse 27, what you're going to see is lessons on living. And that's what I'm going to preach on today some lessons on living and there's a father and he is instructing his son about this thing called life he says it right there in verse 22 in verse 23 but i want you to notice the first lesson he gives him in verse 24 he says in verse 23 keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life he says your life will follow your heart is that not true Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks, your legs walk, your hands move, your eyes look, and your mind thinks. Out of the abundance of your heart, your life is going to follow your heart. So watch what he does. In verse 24, he gives them some instructions of what they can do with their heart. Watch. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. And what's amazing is as he instructs him on life, he begins with some specific words I want you to see right there in verse 23 or verse 24. He says, put away, and then he says, put far from thee. So as he prepares his son for life, he doesn't begin by giving him something. He begins by telling him there are some things he's not going to need. He says, put away from thee a froward mouth. And perverse lips put far from thee. He's telling them there's some things you need to leave behind as you pursue the life that I'm trying to lead you to. Do you know there's nothing different with our Father today? That in order for us to please our Father and find the life and fulfill the life that He's called us to, we need to heed the counsel of verse 24. There are some things we have to put away first. I remember the other day we were going through TSA. And, uh, you know, those folks are just lovely folks, and they deal with a lot of headache people. Don't be a headache person to the TSA people, okay? You're going through the airport, and you're, you're getting there. Does anybody else panic when you go through those things? You're always thinking, did I leave a bazooka in my suitcase? I mean, crazy thoughts like that enter your mind, you know. Did I take out that thousand pack of razor blades out of my, I don't carry stuff like that, but that goes through my mind, and you're, you're getting ready to go through there, and you're thinking, all right, is everything out of there? And bless their heart, they have to say it over and over again, so they don't usually do it with a smile. They say, all right, take your shoes off, take your belt off, your iPad goes in another thing over here, and do you have any weapons? No. Not at all, unless it's these hands, like Barney Fife. They're deadly weapons, okay? You know, I don't have any weapons. we get getting ready to go through the line, and man, I'm not kidding. I'm sitting in there in that x-ray room, and it's going around me. And you're just panicking, thinking, man, I sure hope I didn't bring my pocket knife. Uh, man, I am sure hope I didn't put my conceal and carry in my pocket on the way through here, or it's fixing to go south fast. Why? Because in order to continue on my journey... There are some things that they insist on you leaving behind. And yes, that includes four ounces of hand cream, okay? You get over three, they're going to bust you every time. Here's what I want you to see this morning. He says in verse 24, as you pursue the life that I'm leading you to as your father. Number one, life requires us to set things aside. Notice he says in verse 24, put away from thee. And at the end of the verse, he says, put away. Far from thee. Now, what I picture here, I'm a dad, and I picture a dad here trying to help his son pack for the journey of life. All right, I'm thankful. I have a wonderful wife who packs my clothes for me. Uh, literally, I'm so glad. All I have to do is show up. She's like, you know, that's all you can handle It's just be there, and, and you just be, get there, and your clothes will be you. I get there, open the suitcase, everything is there. She packs it all for me. But here's a father helping his son realize that in order to discover the life that God wants for him, he's going to have to pack for it, right? He's going to have to pack for it. When we got ready to leave uh, Wednesday a few weeks ago to go to New York City, we saw the temperatures were going to be in the 20s. I mean, the wind chills were going to be in the teens. We don't know what that's like down here. Uh, Boy, I went out and uh, I bought me a brand new coat. It's got a built-in scarf. I got a nice pair of gloves. The only gloves we have in South Mississippi are work gloves, right? We don't have cold weather unless they're camouflaged. That's the only cold weather gloves that most of us have. Man, I got some nice leather gloves to wear. I got a scarf. I got a nice toboggan to wear. You see, I knew where I was going, and I knew what I needed. And I knew in order to have what I needed when I got there, I was either going to have to buy it or bring it with me. And so I made sure I packed all of those things. And boy, in the pictures, it looks like it was five below zero up there. We're all bundled up because we're not used to the cold. Here's what the father's doing. He says, son, on this journey of life that you're going on, there's some things you need to have, but there's some things you don't need to bring, bring along on the journey. Notice what he says. He says, put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Folks, there's some things our Father wants us to take with us into 2024, but I'll promise you this morning, there are some things that our Father would rather leave, us but leave behind in 2023. He says there's some things that you need to take with you you're going to need. I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Take those with you. You're going to need that. You're going to need everything that I give you that pertains to life and godliness, but there are some things you need to leave behind. Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, There's a reason, Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says that we're running this race. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. What is he saying? He says, listen, you're running a race. Now, maybe for some of you, it's been a while since you've run a race. We've got winter retreat kicking off Thursday. Uh, I'm already dreading being out of breath. Uh, I'm not a kid anymore, I don't run a lot anymore, Uh, I run to the kitchen, that's about it, Uh, run back to the bedroom, go to sleep, that's about only running I do. And man, when you're running, you want to be as light as possible, right? Right, that's why a lot of us don't run, because we're not as light as we possibly could be, right? All right? You want to be light. You say, man, I'm going on this race, I've got a race to run, and watch this, you're not just running it, you're running it to win it, right? And if you want to win that race, there are some things, look, you need to empty your pocket. Sometimes the only time we empty our pockets is we step on the scale at the doctor's office. Right? I go up there, man. I'm like, get the keys out, the cell phone out, get the candy out, get all that out. Why? I don't want it registered on the scale. That's depressing, isn't it? Folks, I'll tell you something. As we head into 2024, we've got to understand, in order to discover the life that our Father is leading us to, life requires us at times to set things aside leave some things in 2023 that need to stay there i read an interesting story Uh, i did my best to verify it as best i can tell it's true so as far as i know i am telling you the truth there's a lake in california called lake isabella uh, it's up there in the high desert of California. And there was a man out on Lake Isabella. He had saved up years and years to buy a brand new Bayliner boat. Uh, he wanted to work hard, retire, and spend the rest of his days out there on the lake. He could have never afford a boat before then. And so after his retirement, he was going to become a lake guy. You know, get a captain's hat like the skipper and everything. And so he goes and he buys his boat. He's going to go out there on the lake. Well, he invited some friends to go with them. True story. Uh, They're out there on the lake, and they're driving the boat around, but the boat is just not getting up to speed very fast. The boat seems to be struggling. He would throttle up and the boat's motor would rev, but the boat just wouldn't get any thrust and get going very fast. It was hard to maneuver. He couldn't get it to steer where he wanted it to go. Finally, there was a marine patrol out there on Lake Isabella. He pulls up beside the man and says, I see you're having some trouble. He says, yes, brand new boat. I'm new to boating and I can't figure out why my boat won't go. And he says, can you pull over to the dock? We'll see if we can get under there and see if there's some rope around the propeller and all of this. And so they got over to the dock. One of the nice park rangers jumped in and dove under the boat to see if there was something caught on the propeller. The propeller was there. Everything was intact. They were all working. They were spinning freely. No problem there. But when the park ranger came out, he almost drowned. He was laughing so hard. When he got under the boat, he found that the boat was still strapped to the trailer. And that man, new to boating, give him a break, all right, give the guy a break, he got to the lake and evidently he just cranked up the handle and the truck pulled off and he just, I mean, look, I mean, it saves you time when you come back in, you think about that, didn't have to you know, tie it down. You know, the man found it tough sledding when you try to boat with the trailer still hooked to the boat. He found that it doesn't maneuver as well. He found that it's hard to get up to speed. Why? Because he was toting something around with him on the lake. He should have never been toting around. That was something. Watch this. If you're new to boating, you're fixing to get some advice from the pulpit. When you get to the boat ramp, set aside your trailer. All right? Some of you are like, what? I never knew. Yeah, set it aside. You're not going to need it out there. All it's going to do is hinder you. All it's going to do is hold you back. All it's going to do is slow you down. Hey, set the trailer aside. And the same goes for you and I. That as we venture into the life that God's calling us to, let's set some things aside in 2023. Leave them behind. Hey, it's the end of the year. This is where you're going to leave it. We're at the dock of this year. It's time to park some trailers this morning. It's time to make sure that there's some things that do not need to go into 2024 with this. Listen, this could be your marriage as well. You say, leave my marriage behind? No, that's not what I'm saying. Some of, I could tell some of you are like, yes, no, you can't do that. Not your kids either. We're going to leave to go get lunch, and there's going to be a bunch of kids left in here. So, say, well, the pastor said, leave behind the things that hinder us in 2024. Uh, no, we can't do that. You've got to take them with you. No, here's what I'm saying, folks. When we go to our Father's Word He gives us the packing list of the do's and don'ts that we need on the journey to find the life that he's calling us to. Folks, if God says don't, let's leave it in 2023. What did he say? Watch closely. Verse 24, put away from the froward mouth and perverse lips. That word froward and perverse, they basically mean the same thing. They are froward and perverse are things that get you off track. Right? When something is right and something is pure, the way that God made it, it's wonderful. And the devil comes along, you know what the devil does? He perverts everything. He took the home and he's perverted it. He's taken people's lives, he's perverted it. He's taken marriage, he's perverted it. That's what the devil does. He gets it off the track of where it was intended to go. Here's what, here's what he's saying, watch close. He says, put away things that are going to get you off track. The fro-word and the perverse. Galatians 5, I believe, is what Paul was speaking about. He tells this church, you did run well. Who did hinder you? Who did hinder you? What is it in your life, in your church, in your home, in your thoughts that gets you off track? Leave it behind. Leave it behind. That's the trailer that needs to stay at the dock. Now, folks, I don't know what it is in your life. It's going to be different than what it is in my life. But I promise you, if you'll think and you'll pray hard enough and long enough, the Holy Spirit of God will put his finger on something in your life that needs to be what? Set aside. Set aside. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, speaking to another church, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He says, hey, you don't need that where you're headed. You're not going to need that trailer out there on the lake. It's going to hold you back, slow you down, keep you from doing what God's going to call you to do. Now, I do know one thing about God. I know that he's a God of life. And the life that he offers is something worth going after at full speed. We don't need anything holding us back as a church, as a family, as a Christian, as a mom or a dad. Hey, you want to be full speed ahead to the life that God's calling you to. Where does it begin? Number one, life requires us to set some things aside. Be sure this morning there's nothing that keeps you from staying on track of the will of God for your life. And then notice this real quick, and I'll give you the second thing. He uses the word put away. I couldn't help but think when I read that. Uh, about how many times as a kid, my wife and I would tell my daughter, hey, you need to put your toys away. Put them away, right? Mom and dad, there's nothing wrong with teaching your kids that, right? They put away their toys. You know, one day you come to their house, they'll have a nice, neat, clean house, and you'll appreciate that, okay? This is not what he's saying. When we say put them away, I'm not telling Miley to throw them away, right? She should have Legos. Legos are the landmine of parenthood, Right? I mean, they'll kill you. It's amazing. That one little thing, yay big, and they'll put a grown man in the fetal position, just on the floor crying. It hurts. Like, you got to put those things away, and they hide. Oh, if you have shag carpet, they hide. It's like a hidden landmine. You come through there. Man, you're on the floor. You say, hey, I need you to put that away. That means, hey, keep it. Just put it in a different place. That's not what God's saying here. When he says, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips, put far from thee, he says, get rid of it. You don't need the trailer on the boat. It's going to hold you back, slow you down, and keep you from the life that God's calling you. So this morning, can I just encourage you, December 31st, 2023, why don't we put some things away? Set some things aside. But then watch. Verse 24, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips, put far from thee. So he's giving him a packing list for life. That's what he's talking about, life, life, life. Then watch verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. So in verse 24, you see the packing list of life, but wait, verse 25, he's talking about the direction of life. Notice what he says. Let thine thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Notice the direction is there. He says, there's life waiting for you. That's what our Father says to us today. There's life waiting for you. There's life waiting for the lost this morning. There's life for the saved this morning. It's an abundant life that our Father's prepared for us. But he says, set some things aside. But then number two, watch this. Life requires to focus forward. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Life requires us to focus forward. You know something I have found out the hard way. You don't have to learn things the hard way, but I've learned a lot of things the hard way. That you will follow what you focus. You will follow what you focus on. Prime example: we We're coming down I twenty or across I twenty the other day, headed back from Louisiana, and uh, my phone has become an inseparable part of my life. It is what it is and it's with me all the time and it rings all the time and my phone uh, dinged going down the road my wife was asleep in the passenger seat and uh, so i do what most of us do and probably shouldn't okay uh, i took my phone out and i'm looking down at who's texting me and um don't do that okay don't do that you get yourself killed get somebody else killed i saw brother zach texting going down the road today the i texted him didn't he then i did i said hey quit texting going down the road I did that when I was going down the road. Um, he didn't call me on it, so I appreciate the respect. And uh, so I looked down, and all of a sudden, while I looked down, my car drifted to those little rumble strips on the side of the road. You know those things? I think, whoever did those, great invention. They should win the Nobel Prize or something. But all of a sudden, my wife was asleep, is no longer asleep because I rumbled on her side. You know, it was on the passenger side. She. she She sits up and looks, and I have my phone in my hand. And I'm like, I wish I could have blamed it on somebody, but there's nobody to blame it on. What happened? Well, I got off course, which threatened our life because I lost focus. I lost focus. You see, my focus was leading the direction that I was going. Now, folks, that's dangerous to run off the road. You could lose your life. But I want you to understand, if we don't heed the counsel of verse 26, or verse 25, let thine eyelids look right on, keep your eyes on the road, and look, let thine eyelids look straight before thee." You know, I believe one of the greatest threats to us this morning is not what is in front of us. I think if you look at the political landscape of our country, we're in trouble. You look at the United States of America and the direction of our politics and the, the, uh, the temperature there in Washington, even amongst conservative thinking, it's definitely beginning to drift a little bit. And you look ahead of us in the United States of America, you say, man, things don't look good. Looks like we're headed toward a socialist society here in America, following the European example. And you're thinking, we are headed toward trouble, an economic boom, uh, with a recession, all of these things. And you're thinking, well, we got trouble. And 2024 could be a rough year. They're looking at a correction on the housing market right now that says it's the biggest they've ever seen. And who knows what that's going to mean for our economy. But I believe the most dangerous thing is not what is in front of us. I believe the most dangerous thing that could pa- pa- cause a threat to your home, your life, your children, it's not what's in front of you. It's what should be behind you. Now hear me out. He told his son, keep looking forward. Let thy eyelids look straight before thee. He says, hey, that's the direction of your attention, what's before you. And yet, how often what causes us to go shipwrecked is what's something that should have been behind us. I think that's why Paul in Philippians says, forgetting those things which are behind. Look, you say, well, i got to forget all the good stuff? Not at all. Remember the good stuff, the blessings, the grace of God. Am I, am I supposed to forget the lessons I've learned? No, bring those with you. Here's the problem. So often what's in our past comes back to affect our future. That's why he says, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. I want you to think about uh, children of Israel. We put them in another category of people like they were not human. They were human, okay? They were just like you and I. They had the same problems. Like They probably had bad kids too, and they had trouble in their marriages, and they had fights over stupid stuff. They were probably just like you and I were. And here they are, God has set them on a path for a land flowing with milk and honey. You know what that's the symbol of? Life. Life. Oh, I've prepared something wonderful for you. They get to the Red Sea. There's a sea there, an army around them. Man, they're just starting to panic. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They said, boy, it would have been better if we'd have stayed in Egypt. Notice, they're distracted now from the life that's before them by the life that's behind them. What did God tell Moses to tell them when they're panicking there at the Red Sea? Tell them to go forward. Tell them to go forward. The life that God is calling us to is forward. Your home, where God wants your home to go, is forward. Young person, listen to me. Where God wants you to go this morning is forward. Brother Sam spoke yesterday at our prayer breakfast. I wasn't able to be there, but I knew what he was speaking on. He kind of gave me a heads up on it. And... Um, I heard a little bit about it this morning, brother Sam. So good job. Don't get the big head, okay? But good job. And uh, brother Sam called me the other day. He was talking about what he was going to speak on at Men's Prayer Breakfast, and he said, "Well, just I'm burdened about being better. I just want to be better, and I think we could all be better." I said, "What a wonderful truth! There's not a person that'll be in that room that can't take that to heart. Even if you're great, you can still be better." Do you know where better is at? It's forward. It's forward. It's amazing, the children of Israel, here they are. They get through the Red Sea. God did all of what God did. It wasn't long. They begin whining, complaining, and talk about how good they had it back in Egypt. Do you know, those people would never make it to the life that their father had prepared for them. Do you know why? Because they could never put their past in the past. Do you know what they did? Watch this. The rest of their life, the majority of those people wandered in a circle. They never got to the life. Why? I just couldn't get beyond their past. Couldn't get beyond their past. I read a great quote. Let me read this to you. Look not back at yesterday, so full of failure and regret. Look ahead and seek God's way. Sins confess. You must forget. Aren't you glad this morning that our Father can put things out of His sight and behind Him? And through the power of God, you and I ought to do the same. There's some things in 2024 that we've got to realize we're going to have to focus forward and leave the past in the past. Isaiah 43, 18, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now you say, wait a minute, that's a contradiction of Scripture because the Bible says the old paths and the old ways are what we need to gravitate toward. Here's what he's saying. You never let what is behind you hinder from what is before you. And do you know where they lost her? They lost her looking back. That's where they lost her. I don't know how many times I have seen testimonies lost, churches lost, marriages lost, young people lost. Do you know why? They got lost looking back. What's behind? And you focus on it, you focus on it. What happens? You focus, you will follow what you focus. At first, you're just looking over your shoulder. Next thing you know, you've turned around. Next thing you know, you are following once again what God has brought you out of. Number two this morning, lessons on life and lessons on living Have a focus forward this year. Let's look forward this year. Finally, notice if you will, verse verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So now he goes from giving him the packing list and giving him direction. Now he's talking about feet. Verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet. Let thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. He's talking about about the feet. Remove not, remove thy foot from evil. Now this is important. He said, son, be sure you pack the right things and unpack the right things. Leave some things behind. Focus forward. Keep your eye on the road. Don't get distracted. It could cost you your life. It could cost you everything. Leave the past in the past. Focus forward. And then his final word of encouragement is challenge to his son Number three, he told him that life requires requires us to establish our stand. Life requires us to establish our stand. At some point, point, hear me out if we wrap this up, at some point the life that you find will be determined by the direction that you set your feet. At some point, the life, the place that you end up, it's determined by where you place your feet, where you decided to stand. I hate to tell you, today, I know a lot of folks, boy, I'll tell you, I, I go back to when I was a teenager in my youth department. And I was not a perfect teenager by no means in our youth department, but I did try to stand. Number one, because it's right. Number two, because my dad was my pastor and uh, he could whoop me, you know. If you've never been whooped by your pastor, that's just a different story, Okay. Man, I tried to, I tried to stand. I, I tried to stand for purity. I tried to stand for right. Boy, I messed up, and I could, I'll give you a list of things I messed up in, but I tried to stand. And I, I had friends who did not stand. Man, bless their heart, I look at where they're at today. It all goes back to those years, when we were teenagers, where they decided to place their feet. They decided not to stand. Notice, it's all about where they placed their feet. It says you better ponder the path of your feet. You better take notice where you stand. Let your ways be established. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. And remove thy foot from evil. It's all about where you stand. By the way, husband, dad, listen to me. It's the same way for your home. Your home will find the life or the lack thereof based on where you decide to stand. Your family's going to reflect your stand. Your home will reflect your stand. Listen to me. At some point, finding the life that God's called us to requires you just to take a stand. There's an old phrase years ago that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Man, I look at so much that we're falling for today. Why? We weren't willing to stand. Hey, look, if God said it, let's just stand on it. Let's just stand on it. If God called us to it, let's just stand on it. Hey, listen to me this morning. Where we stand is going to determine the life we find in the new year. And by the grace of God, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all found that abundant life that God's calling us to? What did he say? We'll close. Ponder the path of thy feet. Hey, where are you standing is what he's saying. Take a look at where you're headed. Ephesians chapter 6. We read about the armor of God and all the armor that's there that we're supposed to take. Do you read the why why? And having done all to stand, you take the armor to stand. You put the helmet on, the, the breastplate on, you get the sword and the belt, your feet are shod. Why? Because you're going to have to fight to stand. You're going to have to fight to stand. You folks are trying to raise your kids right in 2023 and hopefully in 2024. You've already found you have to fight to stand. If you're trying to lead your home, husband, dad, maybe your mom and you're having to lead the home, you've already found that in order to do what God's called you to do, to do what he said in verse number 20, attend to his words, you're going to have to fight to stand. Read Ephesians 6, that's why he says, and having done all to stand, you've got to have the armor to stand. Why? Well, why do you have armor? It's not Halloween. You have the armor because you're going to have to fight the devil's never fighting you for something, you're probably not standing for much anyway. Truth. If the devil doesn't bother you, the devil's not mad at you, the devil's not trying to derail you, well, maybe your stand isn't offending him enough. Folks, I tell you, you're going to have to offend somebody at some point. It might as well be the devil, amen? I think about all the Bible stories. And I hate using the word story because it makes it sound like a fairy tale. There are accounts, Right? You go back and you read your Bible at all of the accounts that stir your heart and thrill your soul. Think about it. I'm going to give you five seconds, okay? Starting now, think about a Bible story that stirs your heart, motivates you. Think about it. Alright, you got one? Everybody got one? Some of you only know one. Adam and Eve. Okay, we'll just go there, alright? You find one where you were inspired like Daniel or David. You find one where you were encouraged like Joseph. Can I tell you where those stories all started? Can I tell you where they started? They started with a stand. They all started with a stand. I don't believe God doesn't wanna work in 2024 like he did in David's life. I believe God still wants to work. Do you know why I believe we don't see him working? Because it starts with a stand. God says, I'm going to empower, I'm going to strengthen, I'm going to equip those of you who are willing to just take a stand. You stand for my words. Attend to my words. You're going to keep them in your heart. God, I'm going to fight to do your will the way you've called us to do it. God says, that's the person, watch, that I'm going to guide their rock to the forehead of the giant. That's the person I'm going to keep the lions off of. That's the person that I'm going to shield from the fire. Why? Because that person is standing. Folks, I want to tell you this morning, at some point, the life God's calling to you begins with a stand. You've got to decide. I'm going to attend unto his words. And that's where we find the life God's calling us to today. Folks, there's a father giving lessons to a son. He says, son, there's some things you need to set aside. Look, there's a life in front of you I'm calling you to. Set it aside. Set it aside. You don't need to take that with you. Park the trailer at the boat ramp. Or maybe this morning he's telling you, look, whatever it is that's behind you, that's hindering what's before you, focus forward life begins when you focus forward but could it be this morning that you get to a place where you realize i can't find the life he's called me to until i man up and take a stand for what god said and for where god is leading folks this morning i don't know all of what 2024 holds for us as a church but i know there's life because that's the promise of our father you and i this morning may have to take some steps to set aside some things, to adjust our focus forward, or maybe this morning decide, you know what, no matter what this book says, I'm going to stand on what thus saith the Lord. Why? Because I want to have life. I want to have it more abundantly in 2024. It's December 31st, the last day of this year. What a wonderful opportunity to close the door on what's holding you back, what's pulling you back, and go ahead and decide to take the stand on what thus saith the Lord this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand to our feet, heads are bowed, eyes are closed.